this out. Well, welcome to the Foundations Podcast. Today I have with me Pastor Paul Vincent from uh, River of Life Church in uh, Georgetown, Texas, Assemblies of God. Uh, Pastor, welcome. Well, it's good to be here. And uh, and uh, we're going to, today our subject is, and uh, the, the title of the podcast is, Am I Saved? Really? Really am I saved? Am I saved? And a lot of people think that they know that they're saved or they believe that they're saved. And the, the thing is, is that the, I'm going to ask the question, how do you know that you know that you know that you're saved? And uh, we're going to go ahead and look at some scripture verses today. And we're going to uh, uh, talk about this with Pastor Paul here. And um, well, Pastor Paul, let me go ahead. I'm going to introduce you and your pastor here at um, River of Life Assembly of God Church here in Georgetown, Texas. Yes, sir. And um, t- tell us a little bit, how, how many years have you been here? Uh, I've been here 18 years. 18 years, okay. And uh, let, let's go a little further. How many years have you been in the ministry altogether? Wow, since 1983, so whatever that means. 1983, almost, I don't know if it, I can It's not 40 here. years, but it's getting close to it's that. Getting, it's getting there. It's getting very close to that. And the, uh, since the dinosaurs roamed yes, the earth and yes. that type of, yeah, okay. And um, so uh, you, you, you have a church here in Georgetown, Texas, and uh, it's, it's great. I know that we have Sunday school, which, uh, you know, this is one of the ty- types of things that I'm, talking about i like to talk about is that we really need christian education in the church yes we do and we need sound basic christian education and we're talking about discipleship and really giving um our congregants of people that come in the word of god and actually teaching them the word of god so i tell you what let's we're going to open up with prayer and then we're going to read our scriptures today, and we're going to get into the discussion. We'll kind of see what we have to, uh, for the lesson today. So, Pastor, could you go ahead and open us up with prayer, please? Uh, yes. Well, Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name right now, and we're so thankful that uh, that we can know you, and we can know that uh, that we are truly a child of God, and we've been born again. And that's what we want to do here in this uh, podcast we want to make it very clear we can know that we were saved, that, that we're right with God. And, uh, and and so help us, Lord, in the discussion. And when we look over here in Matthew 7, help us uh, that we can communicate this in a way that would bring you glory, but also, Lord, would be instructive and that would help someone to come to know you or help someone to know that, that I'm right with God. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So as a pastor was mentioning, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7 today. 
A couple of scripture verses that we want to read. We're reading from the New American Standard Bible, 1995, I guess. Eh, difference there, but um, anyway, in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. Let's start there. Jesus was speaking, and this, he was speaking to his disciples there and on different subject matters in this particular um, chapter. And he said, enter, uh, verse 13, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now, um, let's go ahead and just stop right there. What, what, the, this is one of the biggest questions that I have in my mind, is... We, we read what Jesus is saying. He's saying this, the widest gate, many are coming into destruction. Many are going through the wide gate and they are, um, and, uh, you know, they're not going to make it, basically, is, is what it's talking about. But few are there that are going through the narrow gate and, few, or, and, and the gate is small and narrow. <coughs> and, uh, sorry. And my question here is this. We have, if we look at our church, I don't know, the status of the church in America today, in the world today, we have churches, mega churches all over the place. Tens of thousands of people in, in these, these uh, churches. They come to church every week. They, uh, they'll come into stadiums, I've even seen. They sit there uh, with their Bibles and they all say some sort of uh, affirmation at the beginning. And, um, and, the, and then, you know, and then they're going to be taught the word or whatever, whatever he says, uh, the preacher says, but at the same time, we have thousands and thousands of thousands. It looks like we just have massive crowds that are going to make it into heaven. And then when Jesus makes a statement that few there be that find it, that kind of brings me some, you know, concern. Is there some sort of a misinterpretation of what's happening here? What what do you think, Pastor? Well, you know, the Word of God is very clear that um, the ideal that he says that the gate is small, the way is narrow, it leads to life, and there are a few who find it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, this is Jesus, the Son of God. He's made this clear. This is not the only time he comes up with this kind of no, uh, thing. No, if we were to go in the same gospel in Matthew uh, 24, uh, and look at the signs of the ends of time, and mm -hmm. and uh, and he proceeds to the passage, and he uses one of the signs of, of of you know his coming being near, is the ideal would be like the days of Noah. Yeah, the and then he uses that. Now, only eight people were saved out of however many people were on the ark. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, how many people were on the world? On the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how, what that yeah. figure was, but mm -hmm. but that that's kind of a small figure, and I'm not saying that's quantitative. <laughs> Yeah. That only eight people are gonna, you know, go to heaven. But, but what I am saying is that it, it fortifies what he said here. If you be that find it, and uh, and I've thought about this uh, issue a lot over the years, and and uh, because you know, especially, especially right here in in the United States. I mean, mm -hmm. now that 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 is going down a little bit. I get that, but because less people today are identifying as Christian than used to be. Sure, uh, and that's probably a good thing because if you think you're a Christian and you're not, well, uh, you might have an unexpected end there and you wouldn't want that. 
Yeah. Uh, so no, I, I I think it's it's very clear. I I just I think there are a lot of people who think they're saved. I think there's a lot of people that go to church, and uh, Billy Graham made that statement what thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and he said eighty five percent of all those people that sit on our evangelical pews think they're saved, and they're not. Yeah. Now I don't know if he's right or not on that figure, but but what I do know is that uh, I have talked to enough people. Uh, over the years, when I say, tell me your story. Yes. How did you meet the Lord? Mm-hmm. And the blank looks, what do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean? Tell me how you got saved. I mean, yeah. how do you know you're right with God? Tell me. I mean, there had to be a moment where you knew your sins were forgiven. Mm-hmm. When was that moment? And they can't tell me. Yeah. You know, and, you know and that's a the, the, it's, a, it's a great point. When I was, when I, I, I can tell you, when I was saved, I can tell you the date. It was a Wednesday night. Um, in a church service, it was in the middle of Denver at a at a particular uh, church that I was at, and I came forward and I I knelt down and I repeated the sinner's prayer and I asked God to come into my life and I asked the Lord to come into my life. I know what date that was, March fifteenth, nineteen seventy seven, and uh, and I'm over here th- thinking, wow, you know, I, I remember that's a long, long time ago, but at the same time. I can remember it. I still today can remember that. But there are people out there, if, if we ask you the question, if we ask you the question today, give us the story. When when were you saved? When did when did, when did you give your heart to Jesus? And if you really can, well, you know, I was I always went to church or I've always been at church or my parents, you know, they always took me to church and all that. And I said, well, okay, that's fine that they did that. But what point and we 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 mentioned this in the first um in the first podcast at what point did you have an encounter with god you have to have an encounter with god and um and if you if there's not an encounter then you better have one because if you're not if it isn't then you're really you very possibly you're sitting on a pew thinking that you're saved and you're not really saved and the Bible clearly gives us scriptures, and we'll get back to that. We'll kind of, we'll go, because I want to go into some other uh, pieces here, but we can come back to that Romans 10, 9, and 10, that type of thing, about uh, the specifics of how a person is saved. But, um, okay, one, one of the points I wanted to bring out, if you read the, new, the King James Version of this particular, it says, enter through the straight gate. And I started to get, I, I, I looked that up and I was looking at the word straight and that, and I was doing a little word study and that there are just a few places that that word straight, S-T-R-A-I-T, I think is what it, the straight gate. And what that meant was that when you enter in through that type of a gate, that type of a gate was so narrow and so small that you could, there was, you would have to just walk forward. It was kind of like you're squeezing your way through that gate. And uh, one of the, one experience that I had when uh, I went back in the summer of 1985, we went to um, Amman, Jordan. It was on the way to Israel. I had a, that spent the summer there. And um, if, if anybody can remember, if you've ever watched the movie, um, I think it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's that third movie. 
And at the end is when, when the, the characters are going into that big city that they see in the rock and they walk in. Well, that's where they, they film that particular thing. That particular, that uh, whole, uh, I don't know, it looks like a palace or something that you enter in, that's built into the rock. But if you actually try to go in, it's not, there's no entrance in there. So that was all Hollywood. That was all Hollywood, right? But the thing is, is that in order for us to get there, there was a small pathway that we all had to go single file through to get to that point to get in there. And it was very narrow. And we noticed noticed that I think somebody was riding on a donkey and everything else like that, <laughs> trying to ride a donkey in it. But you're trying to, and it kind of reminded me of the eye of the needle or the the eye of a needle. But um, when you go into it, it was really straight and it's narrow. And I think it kind of reminds me of what Jesus was talking about. If you're going to make it in, if you, and you're on your journey to make it to heaven. And your journey to make it through this life as a Christian, you're not going to be able to be turning to the left and to the right. You're always going to have to keep straight. And you're going to have to walk forward. You're not going to have, there's not a lot of wiggle room when it comes to walking our walks with God. Because, and what keeps us in line, of course, is the word of God and what he says to do and what he says not to do. But, um, yeah, and straight is the way, and we, we have to walk that path, that straight path. So, Yeah, and, and Steve, you're right there. I mean, uh, the, the, the passage that we just read there, verse 13 and 14, I mean, and, and this is, you know, clear in other parts of Scripture as well, but the fact is there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he is the gate. He is the way. I yes. mean, uh, and, um, and and so you know, one of the things that that we were talking about even before uh, we started this podcast is what is it that that God wants in every person? I mean, you know, I mean, and when I say every person, I'm talking about those like John six forty four. No one can come to me. This is Jesus speaking, unless the Father who has sent me draws him and I will uh, raise him up on the last day. And so I believe this, the father does that by the spirit. Yes. And, uh, and he draws us to the, the Lord. That's the encounter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and once that encounter, what, what is, what is God looking for? I mean, God's looking for believing loyalty. Uh, that's what he, that's his demand. He is Lord. And, uh, and and when we talk about believing loyalty, of course, when I when I think about that, I think, well, you know, what what what, what can I draw from that? Well, the the Ten Commandments in you know, Exodus twenty. I'm going to go over there and read that. Yeah. But the first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before. No me. other gods. He then talks about idols and some other things, mm-hmm. and he talks about the ideal of what will happen to those who do. But then there's a promise to those who have believing loyalty yeah. that he'll show his kindness to thousands of generations of those that love him. And so, uh, and that's what God wants. And so when we talk about believing loyalty. What does that mean? That well, that means Jesus is Lord. Yes. You know, so it's not you know I just go to church and I just do this and I do that. Yes, those are positive things to do, but believing loyalty is that my worship is to Him and Him only. Yes. And uh, and and I think that's pretty clear right here. The gate is small, yeah. or it's straight. You know, or if you want to look at it from that standpoint, the way is narrow. It leads to life, mm-hmm. and uh, and few be that find it. 
Yeah, I, I, I want to. I want. I'm going to kind of stop right there and go back to that loyalty. That lo you will have no other gods before me. Yes. And the thing is, is that I, uh, I, I remember I was um, where? Where was it? It was many. It was a few months. It was actually in the middle of last year, sometime. That I was reading, in I believe it was the book of Hosea, and I believe it was Hosea was the one. Wasn't he the one that God? told him you're going to marry a prostitute? Yes, I think so. Okay. And it talked about in that, and if you get into that, I don't want to, I don't want to delve or deviate too much on what we're talking about, but it talked about a spirit of prostitution. Uh, there's, you know, we talked about spirit of infirmity and spirit of this and all that. We hear that being talked about. But when I was looking at that, and I was reading it right in the scripture. There's King James. And uh, it says spirit of prostitution. And I'm over here going, what is that? And, and, and uh, you know, and as I begin to think about that and I begin to ponder on that, God began to open up. And he says, we have so many idols today that can take our time and our effort and our, yes, you know, and our, our, our efforts. And, uh, and though that, you know, you're talking about loyalties and no gods before me. Well, the thing is, is that we can have many things in our life that can actually veer us away and take our minds off of God. And, um, and when, when we, when we do that, we're, 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 we're not following him. And that, that's that loyalty, I believe that you're talking about here. Yeah. And yes, I'm glad you brought that, that scripture up. And, and I was sitting there this morning and I was actually looking at uh, Ezekiel, well, actually 13, 14 and a little bit more. And mm -hmm. one of the things that uh, Ezekiel prophesied to the leaders there, and, and let me, I'll just read it briefly. It says the word of the Lord, this is verse two, the word of the Lord came to me saying, these are the elders of Israel. They came mm -hmm. to Ezekiel. Okay. And, uh, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts. Mm-hmm. So they weren't actually worshiping in that sense another god, but what they were doing is they were setting up idols in their heart. Sure. So they had so their their affection was on something other than Yahweh. Yes. And uh, and and you know and, and he goes on and mentions that he he even says in order to lay hold of their hearts of the house of Israel who are estranged from me through their idols and and that's what he was talking about the heart posture. Yes. And. Um, and and that is that is a problem I think that's in the church, mm -hmm. uh, and I would say in the church I pastor every every church oh, all sure. over the world yeah uh, people are just simply distracted they've got their minds on other things I I don't you know I see things from the from the pulpit that other people don't see sure and I don't rarely ever talk about it but I I I, I people surf on Facebook. Mm -hmm. they'll they'll be looking at everything else in the service and uh and you know and it's no wonder that that we have problems and yeah uh, but uh but you know the believing loyalty is worship to him so there can't be any idols in my life no i mean and, and if we find something that's stealing our affection toward god mm -hmm. well then we need to repent. I mean, we just sure. put that down and, and it's not like God's going to kill us, but let's just put it down and, and let's start living for God. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things I had a, a, a you know, I had a, you know, a question is, mm -hmm. and we talked about this a little bit earlier is 
how can I know I'm a Christian? In other words, can you measure that? Is there a way to observe it uh, in Scripture to give us a, you know, I mean, because so if someone comes up and says, I'm a Christian, well, is there a way to measure that? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, you know, um, and, you know I, I, what comes to mind is by your their fruits, you shall know them. Yes. And they have to be, you know, they, there has to be fruit in their life. And what are those fruits? And then we go into that particular yeah. realm of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, meekness, you know, self-control, self-control. Yeah. That's a big one. And and, uh, and, and and most of those, I mean, not all of them, but most of them are attitudes. I mean, they're mm-hmm. attitudes of the heart sure. and, the, and the posture of your, you know, uh, as far as your, you know, your mind, your, your thinking. Um, you know, one of the things I thought about when I thought about, what well, can you measure this? I thought, well, let's look at the early church in the book of Acts. And mm-hmm. Go back to the second chapter of uh, Acts and, you know, with, Day of Pentecost and the Spirit of God's poured out yeah. on the 120 there in the upper room and and they end up coming out of that prayer meeting. It was ten days they were up there. Yeah. I often wonder if they took showers of ass during that time. I don't know if they were <laughs> I'm assuming they did. I don't know. I'll tell you what, that would be kind <laughs> of a But but they come out and, and you know, and the and there's all the Jewish people from all over the you know, basically uh, Roman providence are mm-hmm. there, you know, to to observe the observe feast, what was going on, Passover, yeah. Pentecost, and all these things, and uh, and so, you know, they they see this commotion, they hear people speaking in languages that, well, they know <laughs> they're Galileans, they couldn't, they, they don't have any way of knowing these languages, and so they 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 didn't know what this. Some said, "What does this mean?" And other people said, "Are these people drunk?" Yeah, and uh, of course, Peter's famous sermon you know this is that which the prophet Joel prophesied and he goes into that and you know and uh, and at the end of his preaching they asked another question well you know what do we need to do yeah, what do we need to do you know what do we need to do to be saved mm-hmm. and then he said repent and, and, and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you'll receive you the gift of the, of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit yeah and uh, so 3,000 people came to know Jesus they had an encounter yeah and uh, they, I mean, the, the, there was a conviction, and it brought an encounter with God. Mm-hmm. And um, and how we know it was an encounter is because the next verse is, and I think it's the fortieth verse in the second chapter. It says, "These three thousand continued in the apostles' doctrine and teaching, fellowship, breaking bread mm-hmm. in the temple, house to house, daily. Just continued to walk with God. The church grew in Jerusalem so fast." Uh, through all this, and by the way, the same you can go to the Ephesian church there in Acts nineteen, mm-hmm. and one of the things I we we talked about this earlier, and that is here Paul comes to Ephesus, he finds some disciples, and then a revival comes breaks out, and a whole bunch of people. Uh, and what and in fact this got him in trouble because he said idols are nothing, you yeah. know you got to turn to God from idols, and uh, and people took their idols, they took their curious arts and cultic books, they burned them in the fire. Yeah. And um, and then you know continued with him uh, daily at the school of Tyrannius and what what I'm trying to say is there's a way to measure and it's not just about going to church yeah uh, well yeah, it, it's an I, individual experience yeah you have an well, another way to say it, I had someone tell me one time well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian mm-hmm. well well I guess I don't know how that, that that might be the wrong way to look at it 
it's not about you have to go to church to be a Christian. No, you have to be a Christian to want to go to church. Yes. I mean, it, it, yeah, you have a, to be a Christian to go to church. It's kind of a backwards yeah. way of looking at it, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, you could go to church. I mean, like we, we mentioned that earlier. You could yeah. come all the time and still not go to God. Okay. For, for this first scripture verse, we're, we're, what I want to do is I'm going to go back around and I want to mention Romans 10, 9, and 10, because you mentioned a lot of stuff there. Uh, today about uh, uh, that Romans 10, 9, and 10. When it's, and, and what that says is that with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So when a person comes to God, there has to be, there's two things that is dealing with. It's the mouth and the heart. Right. And your confession and then the heart is your heart is drawn to God. And your heart, you believe and there's a, there was talking about believing that Jesus died. He was uh, crucified. Uh, he died. He rose again from the grave and that he is Lord. And he ascended to the God, the Father. He's on the right hand of God today. And that he, and then making him Lord, you confess Jesus that yes, he is my Lord and my Savior. I believe this. And I, I and then that, I mean, that, that turns about your whole life. Yes. Your whole life has changed. It, it, it does not go on the same way as it always been. Well, every, you know, Saturday we used to get drunk and do this and all that. And I used to chase women and whatever else they're doing, a person is doing. But when you, when you come to God, your life changes because you, your affections, your mindset, you, you, you know, and I think Carmen once said it, he says, Jesus is Lord of all. Or he is not Lord at all. Yes, and so you, there has to be a lordship there. And what it, what it, what what it, what do we mean by lordship? What is having a lordship? That means he's in control. I mean, he's the one that. Uh, and, and by the way, when I say he's in control, what he said in his word—that's how we live. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it would be neat to do a podcast in the future about Romans nine about he's the potter or the clay. Yes. But, you know, the, the, the point of it is, is that he's Lord of my life. Now, he's master. He's Lord. Mm -hmm. I submit to that. Yeah. And uh, even if I don't always understand everything, um, even if I don't even, um, maybe I see things in Scripture and, and it really, really just bugs me because I, well, here, here, this will be a good way to look at this. I have had to minister and talk to um, people that, that had different ideals about how that they thought they should live for God. I mean, I, I remember talking to a, a, numerous men who didn't see anything wrong with living with a woman they're not married with. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and, and so when we, when we looked at the scripture that related to that, mm -hmm. that was uncomfortable for them. And so, you know, because I looked at him and said, well, you know, well, God's calling you repentance. What would repentance look like? You had to quit living with a woman. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And you'd have to commit your life to Jesus and he's Lord. And that's what that would look like. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's the same thing with the same sex uh, uh, attraction. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to many people. Well, I, well you, know, you talk to a guy, well, I'm just attracted to other men. Well, yeah, that that is that that attraction is just as sinful 
as a, a man saying, "Well, I'm attracted to other women, yeah, and, and I want to, and have, I want to have, have adultery or whatever." Yeah, and I said, or, or yeah. whatever. That it's just yeah. a, it's a work of the flesh. And and what do we do? Well, you know, someone's well, maybe God made me this way. No, He didn't. You got to crucify the flesh. Yeah, you might want to. You may have a desire to murder somebody. What do you do with that? You put that down. Yeah, and you say, well, God help me. What did Paul me. say? He said, "Every day." He says, "Every day." It's every. It's a daily thing that we have to do yes. when it comes to that. And that, you know, if you have any desires or whatever that are not in the agreement with the Bible or the word of God or what God says is right or wrong, uh, you, we should know that. And you see, here's the thing, and that, that, that we could go way uh, on another direction there, is that we need to be honest with God. One, one time I preached a message called, I just titled it, Honest to God. Because we have to be open and open. Well, he knows anyway. But the problem is, is that we have to get it in our mind that God knows everything. And we have to be honest with ourselves before God. And if we have particular things in our life, I don't care what they are. Whatever sin, whatever pet sin or whatever, we need to put them down. And, he, and uh, I think like Paul said, I die daily yes. you're dying to the flesh daily and we'll get into that uh, in future podcasts and stuff about what that means but um i tell you what we're, we're ending their first podcast we're going to do a part two for the next uh, podcast here dealing with this other uh scripture verse in matthew 7 because i really want to talk about that uh because it's it's a scary verse really if you do not understand it it can be very scary to you um, and so why don't we, we're going to kind of wind up here on this one here. And, um, so pastor, I want you to tell us how does a person come to Christ? Well, you know, Paul made, you know, I mean, the, the statement there in Romans 10, you mentioned it mm. and, uh, in verses nine and 10 and, it, and, and let me just say this real quickly. Well, that really pertains to what we're going to talk about, but I, I'll make the mention of it. Go ahead. His text there is Deuteronomy 30. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, from a, verse 11 all the way through 20, he quotes directly out of it. Yes. I mean, you know, don't say that salvation is what you're talking about. You know, don't say it's up in heaven. I have to go get it or it's in this it's below the sea. I got to go. He just quotes straight out of it. Yeah. And then in the Deuteronomy passage, he said, the word is near you. It is in your heart and it's in your mouth. And he stopped at that point and he said, that is the word of faith that we preach. Mm -hmm. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's where the mouth and the heart uh, come in after that. So there's a confession based on what I believe in my heart. That is an encounter with God because mm -hmm. only the Spirit of God can draw someone to that place. Sure. I believe he does it through the preaching of the Word. Yes. I think that's the primary place. And if there's someone listening to this and they don't know God, hey, the very fact that we're talking about it, if you sense in your heart mm -hmm. something that I want to know God, then what I would tell you is come to God yes. and say, I believe. I believe that Jesus is Lord. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I believe that he died for me. And I believe that you raised him from the dead the third day. And I'm asking you to take care of my sins and and, and make me one of your own. And just yeah. some simple heartfelt prayer. And what will happen is, is that the Spirit of God will come. Mm -hmm. And it's not about a feeling. 
he will change your nature. Yes, he will. And there's that's what we mean by it. that's what Jesus meant when he's born again. You've been born again of the Spirit. There's a nature change. And that doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect in no, your life not. after that. No, because no. from that point on, he's Lord and, and he does a, a work on us. That's what discipleship's all about. Once again, that's why we have Sunday school in church. Mm -hmm. That's why we have small groups. That's one of the reasons why we have a Sunday service and Wednesday service. We, we have all these things because we're trying to disciple people mm -hmm. and so they can know better. Yeah. But one of the, one of the, Telltale ways you can know that that experience is real is there is something in, that God does on the inside of you that if you do something wrong, you feel convicted about it. Conviction. That is a good sign. Yeah. yeah. And the other side of it is, uh, Paul talked about this to the Ephesians. We are trying to find out what is pleasing the Lord. Yes. You want to you want worship God. God. You want, you want to do want what's worship. right. I mean, you yeah. can't wait. I, I, I'll give a story as we end here. Uh, uh, you know, my son-in-law um, kind of grew up in a, oh, I don't know. And his his parents, went, they go to church. They still go to church. Sure. But he grew up with a little bit different value than, than I raised my daughter with. Mm -hmm. And he's a good man. Don't misunderstand. So, you know, he's here now. And I have watched him grow in the Lord mm -hmm. and really just come to just a, really an encounter with God. Yeah. And, 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 you know, this, this was so priceless. This was when we were having our, you know, our Christmas play and everything. And that Wednesday night, you know, we had to let everyone that was going to be in the deal, you know, mm -hmm. go into whatever. Well, he didn't realize that we were having practice that night and he was in the place, one of the chief people in it. Yeah. And so they come in and I said, Hey, y'all going to be in there. We're going to be having in there. And he looked and he looked at me and said, we can't be in there with you. And what, what what my daughters told me, he hadn't really said it. And uh, by the way, they come to my Sunday school class. I teach a Sunday school class. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he is so hungry to know. And and that is another thing. When God changes your nature, he'll give you a love for the word. Yeah. He'll give you a love for other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm not saying all your problems will go away, but, but I'm telling you, he'll help you. And you'll know that you're being helped. But get into a good church, you know. Sure. If you if you've made a confession of the Lord and and you've done it from the heart, you know God has drawn you. Had that's an encounter with the Lord. Yeah. And and if you've had that, you need to find a good Bible believing church, mm -hmm. and 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 go to it. Yeah. And we're 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 gonna we're gonna, we're gonna kind of ta uh, talk about what's a good church and what's yeah. a good preacher and what you're listening to uh, in our next uh, podcast here. So let's go ahead and uh, we're gonna go ahead and wind up and. Um, um, let's just pray. Let's just do, mm -hmm. say a prayer and then we'll go ahead and wind up on this one and we'll uh, and, uh, close out today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for all that you've done, Father, and for this discussion, Lord, about salvation, Lord. I do sense that your presence is here. Your Holy Spirit is here. And uh, like we had said, the Holy Spirit draws people to, to Jesus. And, and if, if you are out there today, if somebody's out there today, Lord, we pray that uh, if they need Jesus in their life, that they would, in fact, confess, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. And believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. 
and uh, and make that decision today to turn and to to become a Christian and to give your life and heart to Jesus and give their heart and life in Jesus and Father we thank you for this today and we uh, we ask Lord that uh, as we uh, endeavor to continue this podcast and we uh, to speak the word we talk about these things that Lord others would be edified and they would be brought up and uh, with better understanding of what the, what the Bible says and what they should be doing in their lives, Father, and how we should be uh, walking in, in, in our walks with God. And Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All righty. Well, well uh, we're going to come back with Pastor Paul here in, uh, in our next podcast. We're going to deal with another verse out of Matthew 7. And I think that this is very important that we hear uh, what is good and what is right and why uh, Jesus made some of the statements he did. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a scary passage, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get into it next time. Uh, thanks, and uh, great to, great to have you tune in. And we will uh, we'll um, we'll be with you next time on our podcast on the Foundation Podcast. God bless you.